Hello and welcome to the Ripples in Space podcast. I'm John Davis. And I'm Kate Reagan. Uh, this week we have another piece of flash fiction for you to enjoy. As usual, I will do the bio and Kate will do the story. Thank you so much for tuning in and... We'll see you on the other side of the story. Dr. Thomas Reed Willemaine is an emeritus professor of statistics, software entrepreneur, and former intelligence officer. He holds degrees from Princeton University and Massachusetts Institute of Technology. His flash fiction has appeared in Burningwood Literary Journal, Hobart, Detritus Online, The Medley, Drunk Monkeys, and Tamarind. His memoir, Working on the Dark Side of the Moon, was published in 2017. A native of western Massachusetts, he lives near the Mohawk River in upstate New York. His website is www.tomwillemain.com. The Waiting Room by Dr. Thomas Willemain The colonoscopy waiting room was early morning full. Grim patients sat next to grim companions. The patients were drained of awful and energy. The companions were designated drivers. In half the pairs, both were worried sick. In another quarter, both were hoping for the best. Among the rest, some wondering where to get coffee, and a few were scoping out the scene to see who might be interesting at night. The room, though full, was oddly quiet. Clerks mumbled folks through check-in. People in scrubs popped out of the door which it all happens and called out some variation of Linda for Dr. Moore. At one point, a grandmother came in with the cutest little girl, who sang the Sesame Street theme song. The room lit up like a sunstorm for a minute, then settled back into silence. Perhaps to pacify the crowd, speakers played the greatest hits of the 60s and 70s, a good demographic match. Good Morning America played silently on a small screen high in one corner, the captions doing their usual jittery dance of nonsense. Suddenly, for a magical 2 minutes and 48 seconds, something did happen. The Kingsmen played over the speakers. Spontaneously, every single person jumped up, danced, and screamed out the words to Louie Louie. Everyone rocked out, every solemn soul, everyone praying that they didn't have that cancer that got Dad and Grandpa Bill. Then, just as quickly, everything went back to status quo ante. Nobody remembered a thing. No procedures compromised, no incoming calls lost. The whole thing just slivered into the flow of time. Just another Thursday. Later that night, John Catcher was fighting sleep in the tiny security office. John was moonlighting from his day job as a no-life psychology graduate student at the university across the street. It was a good gig, close enough to walk, out of the way of his class schedule, quiet enough to do his reading. It paid little, but it let him live one step up from the classic ramen noodle diet of the true scholar. At the moment, his reading concerned teaching pigeons to peck for food when the little bell rang. Those little peckers and their precocious peccadilloes were seriously surveilled, but that wasn't good enough to keep John awake. Around midnight, John's groggy brain sparked up a thought. Who's more interesting to watch, pigeons or people? Maybe the waiting room surveillance tapes would be a treasure trove of data, enough to support a dissertation and launch a career and lead to a full professorship, then the Gillespie Prize, or just help him stay awake through Zero Dark Thirty. So, young Mr. Catcher fired up the controls and cued the day's take. 
To get a quick scan of the whole day, he set the replay speed to 60x and pushed start. Figures flitted in and out like keystone cops on steroids. The door behind which it all happened flipped open and shut like a piston, sucking in hapless victims and spitting them out with different faces. For an instant, John thought he might have seen a little girl. Then he jerked wide awake. Did everybody in the whole freaking room suddenly jump up, shake it out, then sit down again? Had he just seen three seconds of epic weirdosity? John started to shake. First he shook his head, then his hands shook on their own. Recovering, John stabbed the stop button. He quickly hit rewind, let it run, paused it. Dizzy, he reached for the play button. Unfortunately for science, his shaking finger missed the play button and landed instead on a race. Before he could react, he was gone. No backups. John was ready to cry. Was he finally losing it? He'd seen it, right? John spent the rest of his shift staring out the window at the campus. The light at the top of the clock tower blinked and blinked. The sun finally broke the night, but put no light in John Catcher's heart. After that episode, John volunteered for extra nights. For each of the next 60, he pored over tapes. He never saw another anomaly of any kind, not even a little girl. Eventually, he had to quit his night gig and deal with exams. He told no one about the episode. To have something to show for the year, he wrote a dissertation proposal on the psychology of the X-Files. His doctoral committee suggested that they might accept an extended version as a master's thesis, but they also gently suggested that he just leave. He left. A diminished John Catcher strung together a number of adjunct positions as an instructor in Psych 101 courses in community colleges in Pennsylvania. At one point, he found a girl that he thought might be a keeper. She was a creative writing major to whom he'd entrusted his story. Sally dumped him soon after because he was too weird and hopeless, but not before she appropriated the episode into a flash fiction that became her first publication and started a notable career. Four years after John erased his tape, Professor Girat von Wutt found world fame for his definitive analysis of what came to be known as the Great Standing. During a Knights of Columbus bingo game in Scranton, Pennsylvania, a part-time cook named John took it upon himself to play Louie Louie on the boombox. Security cameras recorded multiple angles as every one of those geezers jumped up and yelled what they did every night at ten. Then they all resumed the status quo ante, slivered into the flow of time. Professor Van Voot was awarded the Gillespie Prize. At the party in Manhattan, his hostess introduced him to one Sally Thomas, who by strange coincidence had years before written a brief but prophetic fictional account of the same phenomenon. They became a couple, telling friends theirs was a standing date. Thus does science ever advance to the benefit of all humanity. That was The Waiting Room by Thomas Willemain. Thank you, Dr. Willemain, for sending us that story. That was a lot of fun, even though John pretty much got the short end of the stick. Yeah, like, a lot happened in two pages. He has this great discovery. Everything is at his fingertips. He's about to, like, you know, take on the world. And then 
almost as quickly as it dun, all. Dun, dun. It, yeah, he <laughs> loses everything. And we've all been there when we've accidentally erased something, right? But not only does the eraser of the thing affect his life, but like the memory of what could have been. And then it's other haunting. people also benefit from that. So like, like, come on, Sally, that was a low blow. The world advances, but he kind of just has to like live with himself. I don't know. It was good. I liked it. Was, it. it was really good. Science fiction and psychology all together. Um, <laughs> Well, if you write science fiction or flash fiction and you listen to us, you should send us a story. Uh, you can do so on our submittable page. Um, and you can check out our website, ripplesinspace.com. We publish stories there as well. Thank you all for listening. Um, and we look forward to bringing you another piece of flash fiction next week. Yeah. From all of us here at Ripples in Space, cheers from the void. Bye now. <laughs>